From Murphy to Mancio, extraordinary athletes, coaches, administrators, and contributors have impacted the North Carolina sports landscape. For some, their talents left an indelible mark. So much so, they are enshrined in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. It's time to chat with one of those Hall of Famers who dared to be as tall and stately as our Longleaf Pines. Here is your host of 15 Minutes of Fame, Chris Edwards. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fame. I'm Chris Edwards. Today on the podcast, we visit with Tom Parham, a college tennis coach for over four decades, coaching at both Barton College and Elon, where he would win three national championships. We talk with Tom about his love for tennis winning those three national titles, and how he has seen the sport of tennis grow over his years as a coach and a fan of the sport. It's a 2011 North Carolina Sports Hall of Famer on the podcast today as we visit with Tom Parham. Tom, thank you so much for the time and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm delighted. Uh, Let's kind of start here. You've obviously had such a big impact on tennis in the state of North Carolina at the college level but I'm sure tennis has also had kind of an impact on your life as well. Tell me, where did you first start to fall in love with the sport? Well, my father, uh, a Baptist minister, played number four for Wake Forest in 1928. Now, at 11 years old, he won the city championship. Uh, When I was 11 years old, he won the city championship uh, in Madison, North Carolina, where we had a, he had a church. I remember watching that and being awfully proud of him for thinking tennis was for sissies. I want to play quarterback for Wake Forest, uh, being a, a deacon. Sure. Um, I did not have much interest. I played high school like I was a little small town there in Moore County. And then um, I played football, basketball, baseball, like all American red-blooded people were supposed to do. Uh, six-man football, oddly enough. Um but then, excuse me, I I went to college uh, and the team at Atlantic Christian College, that's now Barton, mm-hmm. and the team was poor and they uh, built some new courts, really pretty new courts. So I took a um, beginning course under uh, Ms. Virginia Skillman. She and Mr. Cloyd and helped get tennis there, and they were going to start a team. So I actually had never played, but that spring I went out for the tennis team and played four. So I played uh, not only college basketball, I was there on a a basketball scholarship. So uh, I not only played uh, basketball, but I got introduced to tennis, which became much more important to me. When did you kind of realize that you wanted to coach tennis and thinking that coaching tennis could be a profession for you? Well, I didn't have much choice. <laughs> I, I was like, I've been a teacher, a coach, an administrator. I've been, I was at one time the athletic director at Atlantic Christian and was the associate at Elon there with Trip. Um, and <clears throat> when I went to the school, I had gone to Atlantic Christian going to Carolina for a master's, and then went right back. I taught my roommate. Wow. I was was told that I would only teach freshmen and uh, underclassmen a health class and PE. But when I got there, I had to teach eight courses, my roommate included. I had to coach assistant basketball, 
they gave me the tennis job. Uh, they had, uh, I had, uh, and I ran intramurals. We ran, we were, and we ran the state PE convention that year. So we were like all of the people who in the, at, in the small colleges at that period of time, you weren't the tennis coach. You're about six or seven things. So I never, as far as the team itself, I never did much with it. And I wanted to have fall tennis. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to the old equipment room manager uh, to start tennis, I just said, give me a, give me a racket off the shelf and a bucket of balls. Let's see what we can do. And that's about the way it started. The fortunate thing for me was that I had some really good boys right off the bat. And it was pure luck. They'd never had a winning team. Uh, never been much of anything. And those boys, uh, that first year, I had the only winning team on campus. So I went from $200 scholarship money to 600 And we did well there for, uh, and I was primarily known as a tennis coach. And uh, we continued to do better, get a little bit more money. And then uh, in 1979, we won the NAIA National Team Championship. And uh, had a boy named Tom Morris. There was a real leader, and I have to mention him because he took us to another level there. So uh, I began. That was during the tennis boom. You, you uh, if you were here at that time, you weren't. 1968, they opened tennis up. That meant uh, Laver and Rosewall, all those guys couldn't play professionally. Uh, I mean, they were professionals. They couldn't play in all the big tournaments. But they opened it up, and then you had television, mm-hmm. and tennis fit television just right. So you then you begin to have five hour matches on television, and the and the sport boomed. And I was right there in town. And the thing that happened to me that that really we we didn't make a lot of money. I made more money in the summer teaching tennis than I did during the year. Um, and I did that because I met Mr. Jim Layton who was a coach at Wake Forest. I met him at the North Carolina High School uh, football game. And they had a tennis clinic. And he was the uh, clinician for that. And there were four people there to begin with. And by noon, I was the only one that stayed there. But I, this man uh, introduced uh, how to teach tennis to North Carolina and was a tremendous influence on me. So I had a, a mentor that showed me how to teach it. And I went back to Wilson told, and so, uh, taught every uh, mother and child there. The old men wouldn't take lessons, but I, I began to be a tennis teacher. And I made enough money to stay in it. It's awfully hard to stay in uh, coaching alone because you just didn't make enough money. Well, you won a couple national championships, obviously, at Atlantic Christian, now known as Barton, and then you won another one there at Elon. I'm just curious for someone who's won multiple national championships, what do you take away? What are the memories when you think back on those three national titles? You become known that way. Uh, That's uh, when people mention me in terms of sports, uh, I'm known as a guy that won national championships and let me tell you something. That's a trip. Uh, and I, I wouldn't belittle that at all. I won one in uh, three different decades, two different teams. First one at my school, the first one from North Carolina. Uh, those are important uh, uh, 
mem uh, memories and accolades. But I like to think, having grown older and looked at it over a period of time, that the uh, effect you have on on the students, the players, the people. Uh, I've got those people now that have, uh, quite sadly, I've lost several. And then uh, I have some that are, I, I was not but 23 years old when I started. So uh, they, they are lifetime uh, acquaintances. And I was at two really good schools. Uh, I just loved uh, Atlantic Christian playing basketball and all that. Uh, but Elon was another level and another grand experience. And you can't mention Elon uh, without mentioning Dr. White, Alan White, who was a Hall of Fame brother and a friend. And then Jim Powell, who was the head of LabCorp, that built the course. And I, I got to say, uh, what I like to be included in knowing about me is everywhere I went, we built courts. And we we built, uh, when I went to Wilson, there were five tennis courts. When I left, there were 75. When I went to uh, Elon uh, with uh, Jim Powell, funding the Jimmy Powell Tennis Center, uh, as a lead giver. And then Jim Tony, we, we formed the Alamance junior tennis league and out of a, we had a fundraiser. It was a crazy weekend party, July the 4th. They called it Tom Sawyer Hook Finn uh, tennis classic and Lacey Hall and a group of Burlington people put on a real show, but we got, almost got afraid to have that anymore. And we put the money in the kids. And we built $3 million worth of tennis facilities uh, in Alamance County. We put uh, uh, Mr. Jim Tony, uh, a remarkable tennis friend, and he he asked me what I wanted to do. I said, let's help the high schools. And we built, uh, I said, we will, we're going to build a new facility at every of the six high schools in Alamance County. And he said, I'll help you. And he said, how long do you think that'll take? I said, I think we'll do it 10 years. And a year later, Tony raised all the money to do that. We did that at every school. So building courts, when we built the Powell Center, there were 10 schools, including Carolina, that used that pattern as an upgrade. And that meant those 10 schools had a great place to play. And not only that, you could... Uh, uh, tennis facilities and colleges are classes in the morning, teams in the afternoon, and if you light them, free play at night. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's important to have a facility. Uh, I, I'm proud of that. We had that 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 facility uh, spawned the Burlington tennis facility in the very same pattern. They use that for high school tennis, and both of those facilities. Uh, in their particular year, won the National USDA uh, Facility Award. So we built a really good model. As someone who's won three national champions championships, Tom, what do you think makes a champion in life, in sports, and whatever? Well, there's a book on that called uh, The Sport Gene by uh, David Epstein, is a Sports Illustrated writer. And you, he ultimately... Um, comes down to nature versus nurture and gives try uh, equal part to each one. Um, I The kids that uh, make really good tennis players are just persistent. They're tough. They rebound after 
personal loss, nobody but them. Uh, and they have a drive. I've seen now, having been in it 55, 60 years, I've seen the the kids of parents, parents who's had tremendous drives. And the kids had the ability, they didn't have the drive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the thing that I like particularly about the, the uh, first and third uh, national championships is we had East. See, in that period of time, college tennis became internationalized. And the great players were from other countries. I participated in that. I uh, was on the ground floor of it. Ronnie Smart, uh, coach at uh, Rice in South Carolina, we sort of blazed some trails there. In retrospect, as an old-timer, I wonder how many of our our own kids we eliminated. Mm. And that has happened. It's happening in basketball now. It's happening in soccer track. So I, I, I carried that flag for a while and tried to um, keep scholarship money, particularly state institution scholarship money, uh, to get half of that money or at least a fair share of it for scholarships for our kids. Scholarships are the only other way you get paid other than if you can be a pro. And very, very few people. We've had uh, Tim Wilkerson and John Sandry and, of course, Isner has made more money than anybody. But when you lose the carrot of having a scholarship for all your efforts, both the parents and the kids become discouraged. And to fess up, really, uh, it bothers me that I had so much to do with that, a little bit. By the same name, I had to feed my family. And you do that by having the best players. Sure. Last thought, and I'll wrap up on this. As you look at the state of tennis and the game today, what's the state of the sport of tennis in your eyes? You're talking about college tennis or the yeah, game? College, yeah, just college tennis and just the, the sport in general. Well, <clears throat> I think college tennis uh, is a, a great arena now, and there are a lot of, lot of great players. I'd like to see more American players uh, win championships, be on teams that win championships. Chapel Hill is doing that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that we had four Americans on both teams that won for me. Uh, I think that uh, the big the big uh, bugaboo for tennis now is pickleball, and I'm I'm uh, I'm a little upset, and I'm a little bit different from the rest. I see that as a great lead up game to tennis. And I thought the USTA ought to buy rights to it. Told them that way back there. But pickleball, if they would include that in the public schools, we've always said we wanted minority people, more diverse people playing tennis. But there, you don't pickleball, you have to get lessons. You don't have to buy equipment. You don't, it takes you 10 minutes to learn how to play. You never learn how to keep score. But I see tennis, if I had, you know, this is me personally. If I had some advice that people pay attention to, I would say uh, this is a tsunami. We've gone from 2 million players. They're going to have 8 million players, and it's not going to be long. Have them get them in the USDA and charge them $40 a year to play in a tournament, and you can make a lot of money. Nobody listened to that much, but I know I'm right about that. 
Well, that's a perfect place to end. Tom, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for what you, for what you do for the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. I'll be glad to uh, uh, help you in any way that I can. Thanks to Tom for his time on the podcast this week, and thanks to you for listening, as always, to 15 Minutes of Fame. For the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, I'm Chris Edwards.